Hello, I'm Jerry White, and this is SEO in 2024. Jerry, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024? I think the one thing that I would say is as content production and various other bits and pieces are becoming rapidly easier, you've really got to stand out. You've got to be a little bit different. You've got to give somebody a reason to visit your site. I think nowadays with huge amounts of content everywhere and AI generating and regenerating and rewriting and generally producing more of it, you've got to give people a reason to absolutely visit your site and do something with your products, your service. And I think that's definitely where we need to be in 2024. So how do you deliver a reason to visit and engage with the site? I think that's it. Every single website is different. Um, I'd love to sort of confess what we're planning in the future, but uh, we basically, so I work at a company called Mirador Local, and one of the things we're trying to do is get more and more people to visit our site and not necessarily just customers, but potential customers. So we're kind of building out some tools and various bits and pieces on the website. So for instance, it's not just good enough to say, you need schema on the website, but how about integrating a schema builder? Or how about integrating for like a QR code uh, generator when you're talking about QR codes? Basically, if you can create a service, something which is a little bit more special and not just a block of text on your website, then if you can get people to visit you, then there's a much greater chance that they'll engage with you in the future. And I think that is what's missing at the moment from a huge amount of like the marketing that's happening. So what happens if you look at the SERP and the search engine appears to be looking for a particular type of result for a query? Uh, most results are quite similar. Do you, do you still try and be different then? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Basically, this was, I mean, I spent about a year sort of building out uh, the organic strategy for a international supermarket. And one of the things that I kind of realized quite quickly, um, in fact, this actually comes back from my time at Just Eat as well, is that there are phrases and, and terms where if somebody types in something like nasi goreng, which is a, a Indonesian dish, which I quite like, you know, you can't rank for it if you're Just Eat. You can't rank for it necessarily if you're a supermarket, unless it's a recipe because all of the results are recipes. So you have to make sure that your website features recipes. And there are similar kind of occasions where you look at all of the search results and they're all fairly similar because this is how Google's interpreting the intent. So you're absolutely right. And one of the things that you can put on or used to be able to put on was FAQ schema, for instance, kind of go, we're going a little bit more in depth on it. And I've sort of spoken in the past about microphones and you know the, the value of a microphone and what you need from it and whether or not it's the right microphone for you. Just adding that little bit more value to the page, that's that's kind of going to differentiate you. So it very much is kind of understanding how everybody else is doing it and then what else you can add into it to say, this page will add a little bit more to it. And even if somebody visits one or two results and they come back to yours, that is a sign to Google that yours is definitely the better result. And people start to develop brand preference as well. So as soon as they start to sort of see that one good result amongst all the others, they'll tend to click into that one. I mean, we all know that Amazon, for instance, has got great reviews on nearly all products. I often Google something, put in Amazon, even if I'm buying it from somewhere else, because I'm going to look at the reviews on Amazon. So how do you measure the impact of standing out or, or trying to stand out? You obviously mentioned the fact that people may come back to your site. Is that one of the key metrics that you look at? That's a great thing. To be honest, right now at the moment, Google Analytics and other tools are, are increasingly more challenging to use. But one of the things that I do look at a lot is the click-through rate in Google Search Console. It's surprising how often I kind of look at sort of the data in Google Search Console and try to figure out why this particular result is way below the results of all of the other pages or 
or this particular page is way higher. And if it's the conversion rate on the back of that is kind of happening. I'm trying to give a good example, but again, when I was working at Oda, one of the terrible results that we had, we had one of the, one of the most competitive keywords, huge amounts of search volume. But what was interesting was nobody was clicking into it because there was a local pack above us. And so we couldn't kind of compete in that. We were an online supermarket. If you've got like the local pack, you can't necessarily get into it without local. But we kind of knew that, you know, this was a keyword that we needed to kind of generate. So I looked at the SERPs, I looked at how we could kind of rewrite the titles and the descriptions, and we did improve the click-through rate considerably. But understanding how the SERP looks is so, so critical. I am struggling a lot with Google, start that again, Google Analytics 4, because I keep finding that the data in it, the landing page, all that kind of data, I struggle interpreting it. Why am I struggling so much with words today? I struggling with interpreting the data as much as normal. And what I do find is that, you know, I would love the old Google Analytics data where it's really kind of clean and simple. Got you. Okay. And um, your mention of click-through rate had me thinking about titles and descriptions as well, certainly. And I think that um, a lot of marketers nowadays might jump straight to the content and change the content, first of all, whereas something as simple as tweaking the title or description can significantly impact click-through rate. Is there any, any trends in terms of what's incorporated in a page title or meta description that you're seeing at the moment that is more likely to encourage a greater click-through rate? I think it's totally relevant. We are seeing that Google has stopped rewriting title tags as much as they used to, if you have good title tags. So we at one point found that all of the title tags on a lot of websites were being rewritten heavily by Google, but that seems to be less so at the moment. So I have played around with a lot of title tags for everything from when I, I, I go back to when I was working on the supermarket to basically, we would make sure that the brand was included in it to encourage people to kind of know the product and various other bits and pieces. I think that if you look at the SERPs and you look at the, all of the SERPs, you can kind of quickly tell which one's kind of going to perform better based on how you would probably look at it and click through on it. So SERP analysis is absolutely critical. It's something that I always do all the way through. So if I'm looking at a particular product, I'll Google this product 20 different ways, almost trying to add in all of those different things, like add in keywords like reviews and, and, and all of the kind of other keywords around it and see basically what, why it is that our review, our listing is underperforming in comparison with anybody else's. And quite quickly, you can kind of think to yourself, okay, I need this. This is what people are looking for. And this is how people are searching for it. There's other kind of data points out there from, um, you know, you can see who's getting the greater click-through rate. It's not just about title tags and descriptions so much as it's kind of how the images and things like that are being pulled into the page. We often find that product images nowadays are being pulled into the page. And that is so important to make sure not only have you got a product image or, or the image, that you've got all of those extra bits and pieces to make sure it's truly kind of showing up in the search results. And if you're changing the style of page that you're delivering, changing the type of content on your page, is it worthwhile even for organic results to actually do some split testing to tr try and determine what gets the longest amount of user retention? I have struggled to do split testing because... Generally speaking, on most websites I've worked on, you haven't had the kind of volume that you need to kind of do this sort of thing. So for instance, a lot of the products at any kind of website is often you find that one product will have a much higher click-through rate, traffic, all sorts of bits and pieces than anything else. Despite the fact that a lot of people talk about split testing, it's, it's a massive challenge to actually achieve in organic to kind of get kind of results that you need to kind of get the volume. Because you can't just do two products, you need almost like 50 products, 100 products, because so many external factors come into it. 
I'm currently doing a little bit of a side project with a website which has got tens of thousands of pages and, and um, a couple of friends of mine were sort of talking about the fact that this would be the one time we could do split testing. I've generally found that we mark in almost like in a, a sort of time point, yep, we updated the title tag, we've had a look at it, oh yep, the click-through rate does seem to have improved. So it's not so much split testing so much as kind of like kind of testing before and after. Do you see an improvement? If we add 2024 into a search result, is it going to improve the traffic rather than leaving the date kind of filled out? Because people often want it to look more recent. We've done the best guide to podcasting 2024, for instance, is it will that perform better than if it's just the best guide to podcasting? What is the click-through rate of that kind of adding in the, the year or something which says this is a recent article? And I feel that um, if we're talking about standing out, we also have to talk about AI results as well, and um, SG potentially as well. And the likelihood of AI delivering just the one single correct answer. Um, so how do you stand out in the world of a single AI result? I think that AI is, is going to be constantly changing, constantly... It, me sort of giving almost any kind of viewpoint on this is a massive challenge at the moment because every time I say, oh, this is how it's going to look, something changes it all. But you're right. Basically, the fact that this search-generated experience, the all of the different ways in which Google kind of rewrites the SERPs, not to give you 10 blue links, but to give you kind of the answer at the top. I think that right now it is going to be a challenge not to kind of get the, the answer at the top, but almost to make sure the answer at the top is what you need. One of the things that's kind of a, a subject which I've been talking about with some friends is how much should we start blocking the AI robots from kind of indexing the core content that we want people to come into. So at the moment, you can actually change your robots TXT file to say, block AI from crawling these pages, like the guide pages and other bits and pieces like that, but they'll still kind of present in the normal results because we maybe we don't want Google to kind of push this content out or pull it out, but we want it in a different place. So. My viewpoint on AI is constantly changing, and I think it's almost that also the prisoner's dilemma. If I do it and someone else doesn't, will we lose to the person who doesn't do it? And so it's, it's that kind of question of, if we all do it, it's great. If nobody does it, then, then it's fine. But, you know, if I do it and someone else doesn't, then I'm losing to them. So it's, it's a kind of fun challenge, almost strategy at the moment to how we're going to approach it. But short version is you need to make sure that you're kind of fully pushing the brand and pushing a reason to kind of engage further with with you as a service, with you as a product, rather than just a listing of an example. Yeah, that almost sounds a bit dangerous, blocking AI, because obviously you're potentially uh, recommending search engines to list and a competitor's results instead of yours. It, but is this something that you would recommend a brand to experiment with at the moment, blocking AI? If you've got the unique content on a particular topic, so if you've got the the guide to something or you've got a, a lot of information about a particular site or something, and you don't want Google pulling that information out and putting it at the top, then maybe it's something that you should consider. But if everybody's got the same content and if you're kind of like saying, don't use my content, but they use everybody else's content, then all you're doing is let somebody else kind of fill in the gap. So. That's why I say it's kind of the prisoner's dilemma almost. If if one of you does it and the other one doesn't do it, then obviously one of you is going to lose. But if you all do it or you've got unique content, then maybe it is better to kind of start blocking it. And I think that that's where my brain is kind of really confused almost over. It's, it's that kind of like what would be the best strategy for a particular business. And I don't have a straight answer for it yet. 
I, I just think this is one of the questions that we as digital marketers, as, as SEO strategists need to kind of ask ourselves is, is, is our content wanting to be repurposed and pushed out at the top of Google search results? And the question is, will there be attribution for it in the right way or will Google take it, rewrite it? We've no attribution. And so we're kind of losing any value of letting Google index the content to start with. Maybe it's a case of standing out on the platform that the user prefers. I mean, you talked about a podcast there as well. So if a business mm-hmm. does a podcast, maybe it's within the podcast itself, trying to differentiate, differentiate themselves and uh, having a unique um, viewpoint of what their brand represents within that podcast or a YouTube mm-hmm. video show or something like that, instead of actually attempting to do that within their blog posts or uh, other content on their site. Is that, is that I mean, f- for instance, in relation to that, is an SEO's job nowadays more about optimizing their content for the platform that the user happens to engage in rather than for their own website? No, I completely agree with that. I think that one of the conversations that I've been having with a lot of people is about how we market on TikTok, how we market on other platforms. TikTok is is a very strange thing. As a gentleman who is, let's say, early 40s, I don't spend a lot of time kind of on TikTok, but I see just the usage of TikTok amongst other people. And people kind of going, hey, have you seen this restaurant? They'll send me a video or a link to TikTok about a restaurant guide. Or I do follow a coffee guy on TikTok who recommends certain scales and coffee machines and various other bits and pieces. My buying habits do have been influenced heavily by who I follow on TikTok and and various other bits and pieces. I love traveling and I will actually look at different places on TikTok or Instagram or somewhere like that before I kind of choose a destination. So I think you're absolutely right there. And we're seeing increasingly that people put kind of short promo things onto TikTok for digital PR services for all sorts of other things. So yeah, I 100% believe that, you know, you market where people will be able to consume it. And the way in which you do that is kind of very dependent. I'm I'm still kind of struggling with using TikTok as a search engine, but certainly it's starting to kind of know what I like because like I say, I do like coffee and it is giving me more and more coffee information. And if you're a coffee brand and you're not doing a coffee TikTok kind of series, I think you're missing a huge amount there or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to promote. It is a challenge for a lot of B2B or, or kind of like the more boring sort of software as a service companies, but if you can do a great podcast, you can cut it up, slice and dice it in the right way to get shorts out of it, to put it onto YouTube or TikTok or wherever. I've seen some great ones recently by some friends of mine. If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop do to stop doing right now so they can spend more time focusing on standing out in 2024? One of the things I have seen a lot of people doing quite a lot is obsessing over one thing. For instance, page speed. Don't get me wrong, I'm actually working with somebody at the moment to improve page speed. But once it gets good enough, once you get the green lines in, in Google Search Console, once you get it kind of okay, you can't kind of maximize it to the 11th degree and, and keep seeing returns on investments. I think basically there's a, there's that special line, which SEOs need to understand, which is good enough. And when it, when it's good enough, the return on investment significantly decreases on kind of getting it to a perfect. We're perfectionists as SEOs, but I think that's a killer to the commercial kind of value of it sometimes. And, you know, if you've got a website with 20,000 pages, you don't need to fix every single broken link from a blog post 10 years ago and other bits and pieces. So short version. Be happy with good enough, understanding where the commercial value lies. Be happy with good enough. That's a t-shirt, isn't it? I think that's definitely something I want on my t-shirt. I'm very, very adequate. (laughs) 
Jerry White is a VP of Growth at Mirador, and you can find him over at miradorlocal.com. Jerry, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thank you. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com. <laughs>